high atop the east side of Ocean City. Wow, I don't know, high atop. We're third third floor, not too bad. Lovely circumstances. Family vacation as we wrap up the first half of baseball. And hats off to our fightings, man. But we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Phillies and MLB in general uh, in about uh, thirty minutes, as it is right now. I have a special guest uh, on this podcast, my daughter Kristen. And before you, all you baseball guys, exit the podcast. Hang around. I think you may be a bit surprised. Okay, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting. Oh my goodness. The uh, the viewing audience has heard me drop your credentials more than once, as, as you can well imagine. Very surprised to hear that. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't do that type of thing. But um, yeah, so uh, my daughter Kristen, here we go. She was a um, All-State softball player at Marion Mercy and uh, played on my South Jersey Speed travel softball team that played high-level softball events, gold tournaments, etc., a basketball player, and uh, before we get started on the softball specifically, you really enjoyed your basketball career up until sophomore year at Marion Mercy, right? I did, yeah, I did. Um, when I, you know, turned 10, 12 years old, I knew I wanted to be just any type of student athlete. A basketball was always my, you know, first love. It really was um, before softball, just because, like, I liked the energy, how fast moving it was. Um, I had good friends that were playing it, and I just kind of liked being in the sport. I liked the team aspect of it um, and, and everything. So, yeah, I loved you basketball. You developed quite a reputation as a three-point shooter. I did, yeah. I, w- I had to do something because I was short, so it's not like I could have <laughs> could have been 5'2", so yeah, wasn't a forward, but, yeah, I was a shooter. Doing something and winning the Hot Shot Tournament for three-point shooters for yes. all the Catholic schools in a Saturday afternoon with about 200 yes. competitors uh, there <laughs> is, is a different story, yes. right? Yes. And you, uh, you did that back-to-back years and mm-hmm. became known as the renowned three-point, three-point shooter yes. in the area, which is kind of cool. That may be the cost of some ball handling skills. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was left-handed, so you mean, I mean, it's sometimes I would get mixed up a bit, so absolutely. But, yeah, no, I was a shooter. Yeah, I'll never forget the, the – it was a one-minute shoot-off, and you and another gal were in overtime. So she went to one end of the gym, you went to the other end of the gym, and yeah. they start the clock down. Yep. She hits her first two, you miss your first two. I turned to mom, I said, well, she's cooked, but she made it to the, <laughs> to the finals, and uh, you proceed to hit six straight threes from normal distance, yes. and two of her from the corner, because you had to chase your rebound. Oh, um, yep, yep. And your ball kept going to the corner, and I'm like, never from there, and... Uh, <laughs> Next, you know, you got some trophies for that and really distinguish yourself as quite a shooter. You get to Marion Mercy, and freshman year, you average about 16 points, mostly from three-point shooting. But then what happens, and all of a sudden, you decide to go 100% softball. Give us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, older you get, obviously, high school, you're looking at high school, you're looking at the future and everything, you know, you want to decide what sport's going to be best for you. Um, obviously, my strengths were more so um, tailored to softball as much as I loved both basketball and softball. Um, and I just wanted to make sure if I was picking a sport, I was going to give it 100%. So that's when I chose to go and 100% pick the right softball. Sport. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And at that point, you had already excelled tremendously in softball yes. and basketball, but you did realize that height was going to be a uh, Always a thing, yes. <laughs> That old ball handling, right? Yes, yeah. so yes. I, I tell the story as, as the dad in the stands watching the first super talented long guard that you're up against for yeah. one of the schools that could really play. Went on to be a D1 player, and she was decided to pick up 
the three-point shooter at half court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to use the word nightmare would be a pretty fair uh, yeah. characterization of that experience. Absolutely. And uh, we got in, uh, in, I went out at halftime, and I came back in uh, to the gym, true story, and I was juggling two softballs uh, <laughs> just to relax you a little bit. Right. And then uh, for some reason, she stopped picking you up at half court. You had 24 points in the second <laughs> half, and he allowed you to shoot, which was the yeah. hardest thing I ever seen. But the message was sent that this is where we got to yes. be. And uh, and you did go 100%. Softball uh, had an outstanding career at Marion Mercy, broke all the records, won Female Athlete of the Year, uh, numerous other awards, and ended up all state. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know you were all state. No. We were down ashore, and uh, somebody comes up to us on the beach. You were with me. And uh, I was always a proud dad, and since I was your coach too. And somebody says, uh, congratulations on all state. And we were both uh, kind of like, no, we did, I don't think it was all state. And somebody says, no, it, it, it was all state. I just saw it in the Philadelphia Inquirer. And we had kind of a festive afternoon, yeah. hugging and crying. Yeah. We had to look it up Very right away. Yeah. And as uh, our buddy, Coach Pete, uh, said when he found out, and Pennsylvania's a big state. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, how did you get there? What do you attribute it to? Uh, so I think when you decide to go 100% at one sport, especially as like a high school athlete, um, I think you have to realize that to excel, um, you got to stick at it every day. So when I was in a curriculum of you know practicing every day, even in the cold winter months, you know the indoor practices obviously being on travel teams and high school teams, you know there was always a regiment of working out in the off season. And I was an athlete that had to stick at it like every day. I wasn't an athlete that could take two three months off, come back, pick up a bat, and get three hits in a game. That wasn't me. <laughs> Some athletes can do that, and that's awesome. They're very fortunate that wasn't me so I attributed to like when I fully decided to go with 100% just sticking to um, some type of program um, every day Um, even like I said even in the off seasons because if I even stopped it for even a short period of time then I felt like I was really losing fundamental skills Um, so when I definitely was at my prime my peak was when I was doing it every day right so so your advice to the young players I mean they all want to play multiple sports Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing yeah but your advice would be kind of figure if you really want to be elite, yes. you got to figure it out. And mm-hmm. at some point, you know, pick one. Pick exactly. And then when pick, you do go 100%, you do. Yep. You know, not to say you stopped completely playing basketball, right. you were still playing, you know, scrimmages and stuff like that. And you still had that uncanny three point uh, shot ability. But once you committed to softball, you really escalated everything because you also pitched. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a nifty little left-hander, mm-hmm. never quite t- touched 60, uh, but you were kind of a mid-50s lefty with a good sink and uh, kept the ball on the outside. Yep. You were nightmares, umpires used to say. How does she keep the ball on the outside black against all the righties? And I used to say to them, so she doesn't get killed with the <laughs> ball coming back to the middle because the real good players could hit 54 miles an hour uh-huh. all day long. But you were a prolific center fielder. And early on, when we would hit you fly balls, and I'm talking 10, 11, mm-hmm. you'd run a long way and dive and make catches. And yes. the other coaches started to say, she is going to be really special in the outfield. That, I think, because you were bunning mm-hmm. and you had your speed. I had speed, yeah. And at the early ages, you put a bunt down, there's not even a play. But mm-hmm. what you really, I think, was the skill that advanced first was your defensive ability in the outfield. Mm-hmm. 
it, you had the first step. Did it come natural to you running a fly ball down? It did. Yeah, defense was definitely something that always came a little bit more natural to me. I guess I had the speed, um, and playing the outfield was always just something where, you know, first step back or first step forward, it definitely came a little bit easier to me than different things maybe on the offense side. But I always look forward to playing the outfield, even when, you know, I stepped away for a sec. If I came back, I always picked it back up. Um, so center, playing center field was my favorite thing to do ever in any sports capacity throughout my career. And you had an instinct to come in on the ball. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Yes. Other coaches used to say, I've never seen a center fielder break in yes. on a ball. Your weakness would have been going straight back straight. over your head. Yes. Although the catch at Cherry Hill National, do you want to describe that play? Because oh it goes down as the best catch ever made yes. at Cherry Hill National. I got to get the plug in for Lafferty Field there. Yeah. But uh, I remember, uh, and I can articulate it, but why don't you give it a shot? Yeah, so it was high school. Um, you know, it was that we were playing on the softball team at Cherry Hill National travel team, and I was in center field. And they had that kind of, not a short fence for softball, yeah, but it was a good fence. Foot, like yeah, a lot of the girls yep. would go out of but it. But you were playing short, night. as always. Yeah, yep. so you had to always take it all the way back because there was a good chance a three or four hitter was going to go over right, the fence. Right. Um, so I see the ball. I'm like, okay, it's either going to touch the fence or go over, but it was headed there, and it was a long shot. So I start to backpedal. I'm like, I really don't think that I have this. I'm just going to get turn it and as go. best as I yep. can. So I turn and go. I start to sprint full extension right. um, and kind of got it in the web of my love. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, I have it. And I think off the bat, none of the coaches thought I was going to get it. So when I came up with it, everyone no was like, chance. Wait, wait a minute. Like, There's no chance off the bat. Yes. And correct. Coach uh, uh, Kosky, when you made the catch, screamed. I can't say the entire quote here. It's just G it. <laughs> But she blanketed that ball. She actually blanketed it. And I'm sitting here going, are you kidding me at the top of my lungs? Going, are you? And I'm trying not to say the word too. Are you kidding me, right? And I'll never forget. We knew you are okay. You weren't hurt, although you went straight over uh, your shoulder. How you, I think you just put the glove up. You mm -hmm. could have seen it. Too long? No, briefly. Uh, like when I looked up, I saw it was coming down, and then I knew I had to give it full extension it or nothing. It was straight shoulder to shoulder back. It yes. wasn't like you were you no. leaned in, make the catch, tumble salt, your cleats hit the fence, but you were kind of getting right up, so everybody knew you were okay. What I'll never forget is the other team coming out, forget what their name back then. I think we had colors, gold, yes, and red. Right. And they were all at second base. The other team was at second base telling you that, oh, that was the best catch they ever saw. <laughs> and uh, some of the league officials were there. They said, we're going to call that the catch. Right. That was the best. And it's like, this is, a, this is a league that's got 70 years oh, yeah. <laughs> to it of, oh, of the boys playing here, and they're going to call this the catch at Cherry Hill National. <laughs> it actually ends up being one of many you make in your career, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, even to the point of running through fences yeah. and hitting bleachers yes. and having five concussions. Unfortunately. You never, <laughs> saw, you never saw a catch opportunity that you didn't love, no. right? Mm -mm. And no. when you were going 100%, the scary thing about being your coach or your dad watching was we knew there would never be a break. No. Which oh. at times was probably a flaw in your game, right? Well, yeah, because also with center field, they – tell you, you know, like you're the captain, like and you're the center. So if there is a ball that looks like it's going to fall between either left or center or center, right, it's technically your job to say, no, I have it. But my, one of my flaws was definitely if I, even if I thought it was maybe more towards one of the right or left fielders, I was one to be like, no, I still got it. I thought I had it, maybe more so. And that was definitely something I always tried to work on. But yeah, that gets you kind of in a dicey situation. If it's going to split you both and you're both going for it, because all the players I ever play with were 
just as hardworking athletes, so they wanted it too. So yeah, we came head to head a little bit, um, you know, in a couple of different times. So you mean no pun intended, head to head, like Tom's River? Oh my god, like crash. Yeah. So <laughs> if we had to, if we had to really seriously rank your top five catches, I don't know that you could beat the catch at Lafferty, but yeah. it would certainly be the championship in Quakertown against Tom's River mm-hmm. that made the opposing coach. I uh, should have his name, write a letter to our parents to talk about the fact that, A, the collision was not your fault, and B, it was the greatest effort he ever saw by a female athlete on, in a softball field. Oh. Just to describe it a little bit, we were in the semifinals, obviously against Tom's River, and I guess it's like 16, was it 18, 16? Uh, it was, so, yeah, 16. Yeah, I, I should, of all people should remember that, but it was a semifinal round, uh, and uh, game on the line. Four to three, ball hits the right center gap. You take off. I'm standing in the right field line with the right fielder's dad, who says Allison was her first name. Loves it when Kristen is in center field because she gets everything. (laughs) Next pitch, splits you two guys on a liner, not a high fly, and you both take off. And she had good speed, too. Oh, yeah. She could fly. And everybody saw it coming. And I know her dad said, oh, my God. And I was watching it, and I just tensed up. And you guys hit face-to-face, mm-hmm. full speed, no break. Neither one of you even veered, or for that matter, saw each other. Oh. You were left-handed, reaching across, mm-hmm. or reaching out. And she was right-handed, reaching, and you guys hit forehead-to-forehead. Yep. Uh, she ends up going to a trauma center. And uh, I'll, I'll respect HIPAA here. Uh, and she was fine. But at the moment, everything was in question. And as well as you on the ground in mm-hmm. obvious, serious discomfort, things I had never seen before that happens. But if you had left two, we were down to eight players. And it's a true story, although it's going to seem totally made up for this podcast, <laughs> that when the ambulance driver wanted to put three people in it to take with them, it was, it was Allison, you, and your dad. Because when I was sprinting okay. to get out there, I blow a plantarial tendon calf muscle and go down like I'm shot. And all the parents think I had a heart attack running out. And I'm yelling, I didn't have any damn heart attack. I Get me up. I got to get to my daughter. All that's true. Right. So how does that not make the memoirs, right? Yeah. And by the time I was helped out there by a couple of dads, you were still down for the count. And everybody's trying to sort things out. There was a nurse there for Tom's River. Mm-hmm. It was just a spectacle. The whole thing, you didn't know. I mean, it looked like you had two people that could be you know, out of commission for life. Yeah. Not the case. Allison goes to the hospital. You hang around and play in the championship game. I eventually get a phone call from Allison's dad to say, you know, like eye orbit and, and other things that were going on. Not, not good, but not life-threatening. Right. And she was going to be held overnight. And he says to me, what hospital did, did Kristen go to? And I said, she's currently in the championship game. She's three for three. <laughs> I'll never forget the fathers. I don't, he said, I wasn't sure she was breathing. Oh, my God. I mean, I make light of it today because, yeah. it, what are you, 30 now? Yes. And, and it was when you were 18 16, or 16, yeah. we were still trying to figure that out. Um, I should have saved the letter from the Tom's River coach, who was kind enough to write to our parents, who were some of the moms uh, that should have been better informed watching girls softball at the highest possible level, gold level, 
were yelling someone should have caught the ball and or called the ball, and oh, there oh. was absolutely no opportunity to, it was to call, impossible, one of impossible to make that call. You both won 100, yeah. And I guess the listeners by now are wondering, we didn't say you held the ball. I hit yeah. her head to head. Yeah, you're right. out cold, mm-hmm. and as you're going down, this little left hand comes up. Yeah, look like look like an alligator claw coming out of the swamp, <laughs> and it you know, like the swamp. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, your little claw goes up, and we knew you made the catch. Yes, and then somehow you're out. Uh, it was unbelievable, and I know there's going to be another faction of people saying, "And yo, daddy, you let her play in the next game." Right. You were diagnosed by the the EMTs as you know, you could have a concussion, but whatever. Yeah. Someone, and I think there was we fought there, through they that. They looked at me. Yeah. yeah it wasn't, said I was a, you know, we I didn't can act it. probably as maturely uh, and heed the warning. I don't recommend that to all the parents out there, but uh, <laughs> in the moment, in the heat of the game, uh, rather than forfeit the championship game, you know, uh, um, you stayed around. Yeah. That ended up being your fourth concussion. And then you got hit by a pitch in the head, and that was concussion number five, and the mm-hmm. doctors then refused to clear you mm-hmm. to go. First, you had a, uh, a, a nice scholarship to your sinus. Mm-hmm. The softball coach recruited you left in May, and you end up at St. Joe's, mm-hmm. where the coach was well uh, f- became was very familiar with you because of Marion Mercy being in her backyard. And uh, you tell Coach Adams that um, – you're not going to play because the doctors won't clear you with the five mm-hmm. concussions. How mm-hmm. devastating was that? I know you, that was, yeah. that's why you did everything to play yeah. D1 college softball. Well, it was a tough, that summer going into it, it was tough, obviously, like, you know, being between our sinus and St. Joe's, and obviously that was a tough decision. And then when I was committed to St. Joe's and, you know, going about to, you know, preparing in the summer yeah. to go there, I remember I had really bad headaches. Yeah. And then I had been concerned, you know, that's when everything started. I had to get a couple MRIs and, you know, just even for my own comfort and all the doctors being like, you need to take a little bit of a break here. You know, your yeah. senior year, this happened probably one more than one time that we would have liked yeah. it to have Mom happened. Mom and dad had to own up to yeah. that. Yeah. And that was tough. Yeah, of course, because yeah. you want to go in, you want to j- jump right into, what, you know, something athletically that you had been looking forward to doing, but it just wasn't in the cards for me at that point for right. myself and what other doctors were saying. Uh, so, yeah, so I had to take a year year break at, at yeah. that point. I, I think it was Tom's River 3 and, con- and concussion number 4 was – running into the fence, through the fence at Marion Mercy, into the bleachers. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow it was holding up the fence. Yeah, yeah. right, right, uh, right. Yeah, and uh, I remember Ground Rules talking about that, and we're trying to get the thing moved. It was too heavy for anybody to pick up, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And right. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to put my other left field, or center fielder in. I know she's not going to run through. <laughs> and then we switched for one inning, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're winning the game. And like, this is crazy. So I had to put you in center, and mm-hmm. sure enough, for the game on the line, yep. the balls hit exactly where we don't want it to go to left center, and there you go. And Coach Ralph turned to me and said, she's going to run into the bleachers. And you made one step, reach, got the ball, and then head first, head first literally the top part of the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bleachers won that battle, right? They didn't yeah. move. <laughs> yes, no, they did not move. You don't remember anything for ten minutes, twenty minutes? How long? It was these? a couple. It was a couple minutes. There, it was a little, little, yeah, a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fuzzy woke up yeah. in uh, in Paoli Hospital down the street, and the doctor said, "Do you have you had any per- uh, concussions before?" And we were looking at each other, going, "Well, let's be truthful here. Yes, it's over, too, Doc." And I remember the doctor saying to me, and I felt like a big ass and inadequate parent. 
Dad, how many is it going to take? And uh, and that's what the doctors were thinking. That did not clear you to play mm-hmm. at St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was devastating. You took a full year off. You were dealing with some not terrible headaches, but whenever you tried to exert yourself, yes. yep, yep, to, exactly. to stay softball ready because the team wanted to redshirt you. Mm-hmm. You went out for the practices. You you couldn't participate mm-hmm. uh, for health yeah. reasons. You just decided yes. to call quits. Yep. And then uh, that ate at you, and you decided then to be founder of the first uh, St. Joe's Club softball team. Give us a little bit about that. Um, That in and of itself was one of the coolest college experiences I had because they had not had a club softball team. Um, So being able to start it, found it, yeah, it basically put together a whole program book um, of, you know, how are you going to get the funding? Who's going to coach? You have to put a bulletin out in the school. Who's interested? And obviously softball is a very well-known sport. So a lot of girls were interested in like, oh, great. Like, you know, we had been wanting the school to have it. This is great. So being able to meet, you know, girls like that come together for a common cause of us wanting to play a club softball was really really exciting I made great friends from that experience and then kind of picking up and saying okay now we have a team we have a coach we have some funding you know what type of league are we going to enter doing the research there finding um there was a national club softball association that was really Which cool we never knew about right? no never knew about um and they <laughs> kind of break it down into locations too but the first year we got into it NCSA yes NCSA and when we'd gone into it um our division closest to us so Connecticut all the states surrounding us yeah. um, had been full so we had to join a conference that was a little bit further for yeah, us. Pittsburgh. Which, yes, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yes, it brought us to Maryland and brought us to Pittsburgh, but <laughs> which seemed kind of stressful at the time because, you know, you're working out all that travel. You're, you're one, but it actually being a really cool experience because we got to do these long bus trips and these weekends away, which, you know, you wouldn't have expected right away. So it was fun. So by the time we end up having tryouts mm-hmm. and everything, uh, they put us on a bus to Pittsburgh yeah. for our first triple yeah. header. Because mm-hmm. Club Soapball, you played It was triple headers, yep. On a Friday night. We head out to Pittsburgh. The bus driver gets lost at 1.30 in the morning after he parked Gosh. in the turnpike oh, yeah. to use the bathroom with pitch black in the middle of the turn. Uh-huh. Remember that? The yeah, it was dark out. By. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We get to the wrong hotel, and the bus driver can't get the bus out of the parking lot. Uh, we get in there, bags unpacked, all that, to be told we don't have reservations at that hotel. Do you remember that oh, stress? Oh, my gosh, yes. And yes, the yes, bus yes. driver's saying, I can't back the bus up. Uh, what are you going to do? You're airlifted out. How, how are we going to? Right. And, and we had to have coordinators, state police come in yeah. to give it, get the bus to back up onto this rural road. And, and then we had to go find a second hotel. Yeah. You think of God's talents at that point, the club softball for St. Joseph's mistake? <laughs> Not to mention, the listeners would enjoy the drama of the cuts. And, and the parents, and my girl was an elite, you know. The, the, well, it, club softball is a little more competitive than you think. It was like D3 almost. It, in a it sense. was when exactly. You, when you played like these other schools, these girls were yeah. all so good. It was really impressive to see. Yeah. So out the pit, we get to the hotel, and that hotel doesn't have a reservation. Mm-hmm. We're calling our athletic director at 2 o'clock in the morning to tell her that they have no room in the inn. <laughs> and somehow, through enough tips, the girl at the desk made four or five rooms. Yeah. And we're doing bed check at 3.30 yeah, for 8 o'clock. <laughs> See, at this point, all the listeners of this are saying, okay, Chuck's full of bullshit. He's making up all this stuff. No. Is every word so far yes, true? Yes, everything's true. And every word will remain true because it is so unbelievable. We get breakfast, we get on the bus, mm-hmm. and the prior, the night before, I said to the bus driver, Hank, that, yeah, it's really cool. We're playing at the old Pittsburgh Stadium. Right. 
And where did you take us? But the oh. PNC Park, yes. the new stadium. Right. Pulls up, turns the bus off. We're already running late. Yep. And says, all right, good luck, girls. Go get them. And I go, what are you doing here? <laughs> he said, I said, this is PNC Park. He said, you told me you're playing at the Pittsburgh Stadium. I said, the old one from friggin' Field. And as if this could get more disbelievable, we maybe should just do the podcast on our first club. So what's going on in town? There's a friggin' parade in oh, town. Oh, right. right. That's right. We got a police escort. We, we get, uh, yeah. You just rode my punch. <laughs> I get off the bus, offer a state police officer $100, and he points at me. He says, get the hell back on that bus. I thought we were still. Call the director. He says, you'll forfeit all three games if you miss the first one, right. and then you're out of club softball right. with a triple forfeit. Right. I got to call St. Joe's back and tell them that beautiful update. Yeah. All right. I'm in full panic. Chad was with me at that time. There were no other coaches. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a tap on the door. It's the, it's the Husky State Police Officer's motorcycle. <laughs> and he says, when the parade's over, follow me. I'm going to give you a state police escort to Forbes Field. And I'm like, God sent you. Right. With that, the phone rings. It's the director of club softball saying, sorry about your tough experience. Pittsburgh has just given you an extra 40 minutes. The police officer says, it's more than 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, how can Forbes Field and PNC Park be that full? Well, it's think. on the campus of the University of Pittsburgh. Right. We get there by police escort. We pull up, and we go out. We win the first game, yep. seven, seven, seven to five. Yeah. Right? Lexi throws her butt off. And uh, we put five bunts together in the top of the seventh. 2-2 two, two game ends up, we win the game. Very right? Game. And absolutely bizarre. Pittsburgh was not only fourth in the country, they had five girls from the D1 team on the club team because yep. their schedule was over. Yep. Their season was done. And, uh, and uh, just absolutely remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say how good the D beer taste that night when we got <laughs> to the local inn. But, yep. but we, we certainly, uh, I, did, I didn't let anybody drink. But no. uh, man, dear, number four in the country. And we yeah. end up beating a bunch of top-ranked teams, nationally ranked. Yes. Delaware, yep. Yep. right? We got them a couple times. Yep. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Who will ever forget Navy? Yes. No, right? Navy was cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's how we teams. start the club uh, softball sophomore year, uh, or it was your junior year, but our year number two. Mm-hmm. We were significantly better mm-hmm. than year number one. Mm-hmm. We end up winning the uh, North American division. Yes. And we get an at-large bid to the World Series, yes. year number two. Yes. And uh, how about the Navy win at Navy? Was that insane? Yeah, that was right? cool. That all the All-Americans, cool. they don't have a club team. They got one team. It's their, their, their yes. varsity. Yes. And yep, exactly. we went up there. We beat them. Game one, yeah. uh, eight to seven. Mm-hmm. We move you over to left center field from center, and her number four hit her laser beam that you put a goalie stop on. The ball would still be rolling. Picked it up, held her to a single. We get a fantastic play to end it, and we beat Navy eight to seven. Yeah. They were third in the country at the time, yeah. right? So many amazing teams we came across. So yeah. uh, club softball, we had a lot of fun. Coach Al mm-hmm. was very instrumental i oh, think yes. more he was he probably joined us the spring session Sec- of year one yeah and all yeah. of year two yes but he was a part of the navy win uh for sure uh penn state came to st joe's mm-hmm. we had three very competitive games with three pitchers mm-hmm. that were d1 one was going in the, in the uh, physician uh, in the doctor program and the other two were i think injured in high school so we faced 
three really, really good pitchers yeah. in, in that situation. Uh, and uh, and had a blast, you know. Yeah. And and much to your credit, the program is still going on today mm-hmm. at St. Joe's, the club. It's cool. It's very, very cool that it's still going. And it was cool to see, I guess, when you do start a club team, how many athletes, you know, when they do get to school, have to, like, think about everything. Like, oh, I'm on a, maybe I'm on an academic scholarship or my career path one day, if it's pre-med or if it's anything that's a strenuous type of curriculum. You know, I don't know if I can balance, like, the D1 schedule, which is a very rigorous schedule. So then you have these athletes that are phenomenal, can play at the D1 level, but other life circumstances aren't allowing their schedule to make that commitment so then they you know get involved in the club program that's the type of talent that you saw so it was really really cool to be at a club level but see girls that could have played at any level which is really impressive so it was a great experience and you would think that after senior year that we would have that would have been the end um but actually there was the sediments and wrap up where we played everybody around oh, at home, here yep. mm-hmm. one undefeated yes in the very competitive sediments league oh yeah uh, that was started by coach Rob Holiday, the Phillies, mm-hmm. I think is part of the Diamond program that they have or uh, RBI program that they have and uh, put a, a, a team together of some of the best athletes we had coached in oh, softball. absolutely. Scipione uh, twins, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel and uh, Lisa Koskoleski, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Banner, and uh, uh, the all-star yes. roster yes. of, of all the teams that I had ever coached, been mm-hmm. blessed enough to coach these fabulous. They're a little rusty. Some were 20 yes, years old, yeah. right? Like 27. Some of us hadn't played in a couple of years. Coming yeah. up from the beach with, with uh, yeah. sandal over their legs from, yeah. <laughs> yeah. from Sea Isle because yeah. we had an 8 o'clock game on Sunday night. Yeah. And at 5 of 8, we had six players. And at 5 after 8, we had nine. Yeah. And we played with nine yeah. a lot, right? And, uh, and we ended up going undefeated. In that league, and that was the that was curtains, man. That yes. was yeah. that was it. So, how what would you take away mm-hmm. from your very very um, impressive and highly credentialed softball career? You now have a uh, eighteen month daughter, uh, Ava. What do you what what, what are you going to tell your daughter about your your softball career? And what advice do you have for mm-hmm. young girls whose dads may be listening to the podcast? Saying, yeah. what's the takeaway to apply to their kids, you know, what do they want to hear? Someone who was an all-state player. Yeah. What advice? I think, you know, as you have young kids growing up and if they have any interest in it or a passion and a skill set for any particular sport, um, I think as a parent, just encouraging them, um, obviously, to put everything that they have into it and pursue it to see if it's really going to be something that they're going to want to do in grammar school, in high school, possibly even college, because having those years of experience, looking back, some of those are the best memories of my life and the friendships made. I'm still very good friends with most of the girls I played with um, all those years ago. So it's really a phenomenal experience. It's shaped who I am as a person. The you know the coaches that coach you, the level of teamwork um, that you have to kind of come together and f- yeah, the obstacles you have to face together. And you know, you're, you're essentially, you're growing up together um, and it's, you're learning a lot from each other and you know, you're becoming a better athlete because of the way different girls, um, you know, go about their practice and their sport. And I would just say, if you have a kid that, you know, is really expressing a passion to just give them all the tools that they can, um, you know, to be the best at and just to, just to give it everything that they have because Access to it's just a wonderful experience. Patience for a with. Yeah. Took us a number of years to get your, your swing. Yeah. You used to drop the bat as a yeah. nine year old, yes. 10 year old, mm-hmm. 11 year old, maybe. Yeah. And at that point with your bat drop being yeah. as bad as it was. All right. Now you always could bunt. Yeah. And you didn't strike out 
ever in your career. That was one of your real claim to things that nobody struck you out. Even the 72 mile an hour pitcher, you got, you got a hit off of, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, we won't mention her name, but she went on to play D1 at a very high level, and that was that was an unbelievable match. But you you just refused to strike out. You'd choke up, you'd make contact, yeah. get a bunt down, whatever. Uh, and But to become a prolific hitter, mm-hmm. you got to have that good hardball type yeah. of swing, hips, hands, full extension, mm-hmm. and you got there. You got there about sophomore year, and you end up hitting one off the scoreboard at mm-hmm. Lafferty Field, mm-hmm. smoking one. And didn't Lisa K right, right after, after you, <laughs> yeah. you smoke one off, I won't mention her name again, because yeah. we beat her, but very special Maple Shade teammate that was on our summer team, South mm-hmm. Jersey Speed, for one year. Mm-hmm. Tremendous pitcher, great athlete, and didn't play high school softball because she was better at lacrosse, was it? And there's some other sport. Yeah, yeah another um, sport that she was season. actually better at, and it was hard to believe because she was... 12, and she was playing with our 14 summer That's team, right. South Jersey Speed. And and it was 1-1 in the seventh, uh, and you took her deep, and Lisa takes the next one deep. And to say our dugout exploded was crazy. Yes. And hitting the top of the scoreboard at Cherry Hill National yeah. was quite a feat. Yeah. Uh, and then you hit a couple home runs senior year at Mary mm-hmm. Mercy. So you got that, you know, ability yeah. to hit the gap, uh, hit a ball 240. Mm-hmm. And that was when you had your swing on, you know, practicing, practicing every, every day. day. Yep. T work, speed. Remember, we would, we had our own batting cage. Dads and moms, if you were listening, we had our own batting uh, cage, not expensive at all. Pitching machines are affordable. And what we used to do, we'd move the machine in and crank it up to simulate 90 miles an hour. And I'll never forget the hardballs hissing when they got to 90, mm-hmm. and you're smoking to hardballs. Yeah, those little, like, I, ball, the practice <laughs> balls or whatever, yeah. And I'm, I'm saying, all right, I said, uh, if, if he's going to hit uh, hardballs at 90, you definitely are ready for 60, mm-hmm. and, and you had no problem against yeah. the highest speeds. Uh, the problems you had were some of the uh, left, some of the, if I recall correctly, some of the real good risers mm-hmm. were that the girls were throwing at yeah. over sixty risers mm-hmm. were funky, right? Yeah. But uh, but in all of our gold tournaments, you won about seven MVPs of the tournaments where they gave you the the medal that you. Can oh, that's wear. right, the medals. Yeah, I still have them hanging up in my closet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was it wasn't <laughs> just locally yeah. that you excelled, or just in high school, but on the. You know, travel team. Yeah, with a bunch of unbelievable teammates like mm-hmm. Lisa and yeah. and Jordo. I, I yeah, mean, we just had a great group, didn't we? Yeah, as yeah. growing up, like being involved, like I said, on the weekends, and that's what you're involved in, and the coaches and the teammates. It really is a great experience being able to get to do it. You know, obviously Ugh. with a parent and have your dad coach you, obviously is a tremendous experience. Um, again, it shaped a, a shaped you as a young kid to who I am a lot of it today. Did I so. ever shuffle my feet? <laughs> uh, I guess we little like foot pitch. dance when I like ground it out was what I would call it a little bit of a I, foot foot dance I, like I, a little I, bit of frustration. I learned just to clear the dirt under my yes. spikes at first base when you were large swung in a three zero pitch. Yes, yeah, that's all just a little bit. And uh, what was uh, Coach Mike uh, renowned for? Oh my gosh, at third base, sending people home. What was it? Go hard. <laughs> yeah, go hard. Regardless of how yes. much a girl's out the plate, oh, go hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when the runner was absolutely. on second, regardless. So we're home, right? You never put the brakes on us ever if we were no. rounding third. No, no I, I we never learned ever. a lot from Coach Mike yes. and, and Coach Pete. Uh, 
and Coach Al, you know, we're very blessed. I'm sorry, I'm probably forgetting a couple other ones, yeah. but uh, certainly Jody's dad, Coach Mike, right? Yep. Mike? Yep. yep, so yeah. many good coaches. Yeah, and that was part of the blessing yes. for me to have these good friends that yeah. were very, very skilled, very, very talented, were smart yeah. about how to, how to coach and teach girls mm-hmm. and stick with it. Yeah. Always willing to do an extra practice. Mm-hmm. Nobody said no. Always willing to stay after practice and take on 100. You didn't stay for 10 more five right. balls. Yeah. I remember the World Series year, you'd stay for 100 oh, after well, every yeah. practice. Yeah, and that was the year that we had our 12U team. Mm-hmm. In the World Series, a real World Series, Canada, course, right? We ended up beating the team from Seattle, Washington. Yep. Lost Indiana two to one, and yep. they brought in their seventy mile an hour pitcher. Yeah, you took her for a two out base hit, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking as coach, I said to mom, the worst thing for us, we were only in the World Series because we were host, right? Right, the mm-hmm. uh, Chaya, uh, Churchill Eastern. Right? Yes. I get that wrong, I get in a lot of trouble. Yes. Cherry Hill Eastern okay. turned to Chaya, yeah. right? Yeah. Rob Connor would kill me if he got to get that wrong. <laughs> and we're in there as host. Yes. So we had a year to work out. Yes. And uh, we had the three players we picked up from the local towns. That was mm-hmm. part of the uh, bylaws, right? Yeah. And uh, we were facing unbelievable North Carolina, Sparta, oh Jersey, God, who so won good. it. And how good those teams were that were Twelve in. years old, those right? Yeah, the girls. And I kept amazing. saying to mom, she said, "What's your word?" Because the girls from Connecticut were staying at our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were a host family, mm-hmm. and they beat us twenty-one to two the second game. <laughs> yeah. After we won the first game, we beat the New Jersey State champ. Yeah. Right, and we had the illegal pitcher. Can't mention oh her gosh, name. Yeah. I had the umpire at first base looking for the illegal pitch. He called it. She walks eight. And we got up winning eight seven. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Hard yeah. to believe. Yeah. But I'll never forget saying to mom, I just don't want the World Series to end. <laughs> and one player responsible for yeah. a loss. Yeah. That would be devastating because it really was a World Series and you did not want one of your kids. No, absolutely not. And it yeah. works out perfect. We're two outs, mm-hmm. trailing two to one. We have nobody on base. We're packing up the bags. The bus is running. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about what we're going to Ponzi's for, right. for the good 3 p.m. sandwich. Right. And all of a sudden, there's an error. Yeah. Fly ball out, but no, the girl's playing no doubles defense. It drops, and up comes my daughter in the World <laughs> Series. And I look out, and I see her two ants leave the stands and walk <laughs> away to the parking lot. <laughs> they ain't hanging around right to now. watch this at bat, even though you had a career of coming through in the clutch. Mm-hmm. And you come down to the third base line, you say to me, Dad, what do I do? And I laughed. I said, well, first we pray. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I said, and then take pitch one. Pitch one that you like. To gauge her. Yep. And uh, don't let her bust you in. She's working everybody in. Mm-hmm. And I said, go pitch two. Try to go opposite field. You stay back on a fastball. You smoke it to right field. Right fielder comes up to get you at first base because you hit it so hard. You're flying down there at 2-7. You're safe. And then I got the third. I'm not going to mention her name. I've got the runner from second coming around third because my pinch runner, can't mention her name, was on a boat in the Panama Canal uh. because when she made the all-star team, she was not on our team. We picked her from another team. Her mom said, if you make it to August 26th, my daughter won't be there. And I said to her mom, hon, if we make it to August 26th, we're in the finals. Right. I said, I don't think you have to worry about that. Right. These teams have been playing for two months to get here. And what do you know? Yeah, it's are. not only August 26th. I need a goddamn pitch runner. Oh and gosh. she's in the Panama Canal. And here <laughs> comes the girl around third. Not quite as fast as my pitch runner. 
and I'm setting it with two outs. I'm not looking for four no. base runners off the girl throwing 63 no. at 12 years there. old. Yep, yep. And that first baseman, turn, her last name was Best, Sarah Best, catches the ball from the outfield and turns a pivot yeah. to home. It wasn't like she delayed as she took the no. ball, faced it, and turns and throws a BB, yep. and the girl blocked home plate. I know that the parents were livid, and a lot of our parents were going crazy. Yeah. I thought it was a clean play, but there was a block of the plate mm -hmm. as she caught the ball and actually knocked her runner away from the attempt to be safe. Okay. And I said to mom, when we walk out, she gave me a hug. She goes, you know, you okay? I said, it couldn't end any better than that because sooner or later, we're going to play Sparta. Right. And right. Chelsea, our pitcher, is ineligible. Now, I love you a lot, but one of the things I don't think you're going to do was shut down Sparta no, in the championship no, game. Not, no. Back no, then, no, no, throwing no, 48. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I think God just said, here's the perfect ending right. to a World Series team. And we had we had national publicity. Mm -hmm. We just didn't, we were not, not just written up in the Courier Post of the Inquirer mm -hmm. for 14 straight days. We had interviews with the girls at the house. Yeah. Well, it, it was unbelievable. It was cool. I remember we, we faced the picture from Sparta or North Carolina throwing mid-60s, yeah. and everybody put money in the hat to see who would foul her off. Right. <laughs> and, and two fouls won the kitty. Right. She no hit us, but there was one of the players had two fouls. I think it was Sammy, yeah. and we, she got the hat, right? That's all part of the – it's like you're making it up, is it? Yeah. And then uh, – so now I'm still – dad's still trying to get you back on Chad's co-ed team, <laughs> right? Yes. Which you did play for a couple of years. I did. Yes, right? I did. And uh, we'll became, see. Yeah, this we'll journey see. may not be over. Right. We don't know that yet. But this podcast is because we're at 43 <laughs> minutes. What do you think about our Phillies? Uh, Switching to baseball. I think they're doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Win streak uh, away was fantastic. Of course, yeah. they still trail the Braves by 12 games. Do you see a repeat where they could get back to the World Series? I, I sure hope so. Yeah. yeah, I really do see it. And I mean, they do tend to get a fire under them the more they get into the season. I mean, at least, you know, from what I've yeah. seen them. So they got pitching. I can only hope. Yep. They, they got, got pitching. pitching. Yep. They straighten out the hitting. They got to get that guy on a leadoff shorber, right? He's the wrong guy to be batting leadoff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, hey, hats off to the Phillies for the way they finished, wrapped up the first half. Of course, we'd like to, to take care of the Marlins data. But that's nothing, no problem there. They wrap up in good shape. No one's looking for them to, to catch Atlanta, I don't think, realistically. Everybody wants them to get into the playoffs because we definitely have the pitching to do what we did. We can replicate last year with the pitching. No doubt about that. And then – I think it comes down to the World Series as pitching does dominate to timely hitting versus 12 hits. You don't see teams advance because they had 12 hits a game, not in the postseason. The Phillies are the kind of team that can have the timely hitting. Mm -hmm. Harper could yeah. come up with two outs and knock a double. It's certainly got other guys that hit well enough in the, in the postseason. Yeah. So I think uh, I'm very optimistic. And then the Phillies are going to make a move. You know Dombrowski's not done. He's going to do something to see yeah. that this team has potential. He's going to improve the club somehow. My personal preference would be to move Kyle Schwarber. You solve five problems. Uh, if there's a team that wants a left-handed power hitter, I don't know that he's got enough market value to do that. However, it's been great having you with us. Vacation going well? Thank you. Yes, it is. You oh love my gosh, life. Yes. You're working at Grimley Financial. <laughs> yes, right? yes. You're executive vice president of Grimley. Killing yes. it in the professional career Thank now. Yes. So now you have clients that talk about you. Like opposing coaches used to. <laughs> when they used to say to me, How does how does one one coach called you Minnie Mouse? 
And it, <laughs> the coach that voted for you primarily for all state said, I knew freshman year she was all state material. I said, how the heck did you know that? She was so overwhelmed by like Nazareth's right. pitching. Oh, yeah. Manny Fernandez throwing like 62. Mm -hmm. And she said, Chuck, her first game, she got on base four times, two walks, a bunt, and a junk flare so she wouldn't strike out. And I said, and I saw her make three great catches. I said to my coaches, you see that kid right there, 14? She's going to be All-State someday. And they, they were the big vote for you for, for All-State, Nazareth coaching yeah. staff. Cipollone's dad right. was assistant. And I should remember the head coach's name, the older gentleman, but he was a great coach. Oh, yeah. How much fun were they to play each other, oh, right? Oh, so fun. So <laughs> Nazareth, fun, that people. machine that would come into Maryland. Oh, so talented. Oh, my goodness. The buses. The, yeah. They had their own Zamboni. Remember uh, they had a, they had some rain during the game? Oh, my goodness. Al, yes. He owned a construction company. So, yes, that's And right. the Zamboni comes out. <laughs> it's got the sweeper, yes. the nets, the, the, uh, the headlights yeah. on it, making the Zamboni noise. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we're all looking at that. And, uh, Lucky dad, very blessed to have three great kids, three really good athletes, Chad and, and Lauren. You have a twin sister. Mm -hmm. We did mention that. Who's yes. all, uh, she was all. All mainline. All mainline. Yeah. Thanks for helping you with that. Yes. Uh, all, all Catholic PYA, I think it was. And all mainline. Yeah. As a, as a freshman, yeah. who started, as you did, and then senior year. She skipped to in the middle where she got lost a little focus. <laughs> yes. And her famous line was, oh, we man. have a week to go, Dad, and we right. don't need to practice yet. Season doesn't start till March 1st. <laughs> February 24th, she hadn't been in the batting cages. Yep. Meanwhile, we were taking care of your blisters. Right. Because it's about January, your blisters got so bad, you could hold a bat. Isn't that the truth? Twin oh, my sister. gosh, so funny. About, yeah, a little, a little bit of a different drive, yeah. <laughs> drive. Well, Chris, it's been great having you. Thank I, you. I think it's a me. good change of pace. I think our, our listeners uh, will enjoy uh, this interview in, in many regards. And uh, so it's been great having you. And uh, good luck. Enjoy vacation. And uh, with that, I'm going to go over and out. Uh, we have the All-Star Game to look forward to. Home run hitting contest tonight, tomorrow night, the uh, game. And then the Phillies resume. And uh, let's get them into the playoffs and see what happens in postseason. I think they're going to hit better. And let's hope they pitch as well. And if they do that, uh, no, they don't catch the breeze, but anything really can happen in postseason. And I'm extremely optimistic with the move. Um, and I think there's an obvious one Nebraska has to make. I don't think he'll make that one, but he will improve the team. He's very good at that. And with the proper move, this team gets imp improves, then I think we do see a playoff team. And at that point, all bets are even. As we just demonstrated in Tampa, yeah, you're going to say had a couple pitchers out. Stop, stop, stop. Tampa's overrated. You heard it here today, all right? Their offense is overrated. You heard it here today. And if you want to debate Tampa versus Philly, you got my number, 609-828-5569. Give me a call, pack a lunch, because you're going to need it, buddy, all right? It's been great hearing from the new listeners. They're called unique listeners. It was. <laughs> I don't know where the hell they are. What the, I get this phone number. That's it. They keep Gosh. up the good work. Hi, who are you? Nothing back. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's coming from space, Mars. Chad and Richie can't figure out what's going on with their notifications. Oh my uh, one guy teaches college. The other guy is our tech expert. Right. And, okay, and we can't figure out notifications. Okay, <laughs> So one week our podcast drops out at like 80 instead of 180 because... 
Everyone's texting me, didn't you do a podcast last week? <laughs> I give up on that. If you haven't figured out notifications by now. I am sorry. There ain't much I can do to help you from down here. Hi, top Ocean City. God bless America. Make a difference today, gang. And, uh, hey, all, all things uh, willing, we'll uh, catch you this time next week. <laughs> <laughs>